Welcome to Finding Freedom with Inspire Wellness. I'm Gemma, a body image and food freedom coach, anti-diet advocate, and your ultimate hype girl. I'm here to empower you with inspiration, education, and motivation so that you can start living as your happiest and healthiest self, whatever that means to you. I spent years struggling with food, my body, and my mental health until I finally found freedom. Now I'm on a mission to make sure that nobody goes through what I did and to burn diet culture to the ground while I'm at it. I'm obsessed with helping women to ditch the diets, love their bodies, feel confident AF, create sustainable habits, improve their mindset and become their next level selves. So what are we waiting for? Let's do this. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom with Inspire Wellness. I turned 30 this week. It's my birthday week. I am some one of the, I'm one of those people who freaking love birthdays. I love celebrating. I love my birthday. I love other people's birthdays. So I'm also one of those people who, you know, stretch things out. I don't just have a birthday day or a birthday week. I pretty much have a birthday month. So I turned 30 on Monday. This weekend is my party. So it's going to be a good time. I'm very excited. But turning 30 this week, you know, those milestone birthdays, it got me reflecting on my 20s. And (laughs) when I thought about it, like in some ways, my 20s were a shit show. And in other ways, they're incredible. Like, I mean, from the shit show side of things, I struggled with an eating disorder, depression and anxiety. I lost some of the most important relationships in my life at the time. I battled with my body and my mind. I felt directionless and like I didn't really know who I was as a person. Like that's some of the crap stuff that I dealt with in my 20s. But there was also so much good stuff. Like I also moved states to start on this new life adventure and I really found my home in Tasmania. I overcame all of those food and body struggles to come to a place where I'm 100% secure in both of them. I found my true calling in life. I've helped hundreds of women with their own food and body relationships. I've made new lifelong friends and also reconnected with old ones. I've traveled a whole lot. I started two businesses, drastically improved my mental health, graduated uni twice, (laughs) and so much more. So towards the last few years of my 20s, I feel like I've really come into my own and I'm on this upward trend that's taking me closer and closer and closer to living my dream life. So I'm actually really freaking excited for my 30s. Like, I can't wait. I know that they're going to be incredible and I can't bloody wait to see what happens. And that was partly what actually inspired today's episode. Like, while I've been reflecting, I've noticed so many changes and shifts in my life that I can attribute to that finding food freedom and improving my body image which I'd never really thought about before because people don't talk about them. People aren't sharing these things. Like we all know the big changes that come along with food and body freedom, you know, things like a good relationship with food, loving your body, being more confident, stopping binging and restricting, ditching the diets, feeling happier and more comfortable in yourself. Like that's not news to anyone. I'm not going to blow your mind by listing off those things. You already know that. You already get it. Unless maybe this is your first time listening to this podcast. If so, welcome. Those are the things that you can expect and it's brilliant and we love it. But some of the changes I'm talking about today might be a bit less obvious to you. Like you might not have thought about these before, or if you're in that place of freedom, you may not have even noticed that these have actually happened to you. So since I'm talking about birthdays and entering my thirties here, let's kick off with something related to that. So the first way that food and body freedom has changed my life is that 
I'm not scared of aging anymore. And I mean, honestly, I've never really been one of those people who was super stressed about it, like focusing on a ticking biological clock or worrying about how if I start having to get, you know, if I start getting gray hairs, I'll have to start dyeing my hair because your girl does not like paying for the hairdresser. So that could have been a real sticking point for me. But I also definitely didn't want to age. Like I didn't want to get wrinkles and I noticed when I was starting to get some of those lines on my face and, you know, I'd actively try not to frown at my computer screen when I was working at my desk job because I knew that frowning would make them more pronounced. I stressed about how your metabolism changes when you get older and it makes it harder to control your body shape and size. And of course I did that one. Of course. Anything to do with my weight stressed me out. I had regular existential crises about how I was going to have to spend the next 40 years working and just living out a mundane daily routine, feeling like there was no real joy in life or even no point to it after the age of 24. I was scared of getting older and being single. Like while all of my friends were happy in long-term relationships, going down the path of weddings and kids, I was still pretty solidly solo (laughs) with no romance on the horizon. So my fears about aging range from the superficial, like wrinkles and body changes, to that deeper, more existential stuff about time running out for deeper connection and whether there's even a point to living as you get older. And I know, (laughs) I know that's so dark, that's so dark, but it's just something I thought about a lot. Okay. But now none of that stuff bothers me. Like I don't care if I get wrinkles or gray hair. Aging is a privilege and I'm so grateful that I get to do it, particularly when I know that if I'd kept going down the path that I had, then I might not have had a chance to do much of it at all. And I really think this connects to finding food and body freedom because beauty is so intertwined with those things. Like once you've ditched diet culture, it's easy to recognize that the beauty culture with its anti-aging potions and creams for what it actually is. It's just another way to make women feel bad about ourselves and profit off our insecurities. And that's something that Madeline Giorgetta mentioned on our podcast together, which was episode 50, if you haven't listened to it. And it really, really struck a chord for me. So I'm not worried about what other people think of me now. And I don't place as much of my own value or worth on the way that I look. So who cares if I get some wrinkles? Who cares if I get a few gray hairs? I'm still a bloody good person doing great things in my life. So those things just don't rank on the scale of what matters to me anymore. I don't feel that societal pressure to fear aging and to try and stop it in its tracks anymore. And that's had a flow on effect to those more existential parts of how I stressed about aging before too. Like I'm not worried about the timeline of meeting someone and getting into a relationship because it'll happen when it's right for me. Like just because other people are getting married and having kids now, it doesn't mean that I need to too. Like what other people do shouldn't influence my life choices. And I also realized that there is so much more to life than the way that I was living before. Like it's really easy to get all existential dready when your life consists of working, sleeping, and then spending the rest of the day battling with food and with my body. And now that I'm not doing that, well, not doing the battle part, I'm still working and sleeping a lot. (laughs) I've got so much more mental energy and capacity for things that truly light me up. And I can see that there's so much more light and joy in life and in my future now. So speaking of the joy in life, another change that I've noticed since finding food and body freedom is the realization that everything isn't actually as hard as you think it is. Making a change in life is as simple as making the decision to do it and then 
following through. And I know this sounds simplistic. I know this sounds like that Kim Kardashian vibes of everyone just work 40 hours in the week, whatever it was. Everyone should just work. I can't even think what the quote is now, but, 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 so I know it sounds simplistic, but when it comes down to it, it's true. Like we hype up things in our heads as so difficult and we come up with all of the reasons why we can't do something. But when you just stop cock blocking yourself and go for something, there's no reason why you can't do it. Like this is a change that came along with all of the mindset work that I did in finding that food and body freedom, because the mindset stuff is what changes your life and it makes those deepest, deepest shifts. So that has a flow and effect in all of the other areas of life. Like if you want to get healthy, make some healthy behavior changes that directly influence your health. Don't just make it difficult on yourself by chasing weight loss through some fad diet that is statistically proven not to work. Like that's an example of making the wrong decision, the wrong choice. You've chosen this difficult path with all these extra struggles and extra barriers that this path just runs tangentially to the thing that you actually want to achieve rather than focusing on the thing that you do actually want to achieve and working on it directly, which is health. Like wild It's why I'm doing a lot of gesturing right now. So I don't know if that just made sense, but basically it's like we work on this side thing that we think will get us to the goal instead of actually working on the goal. If your goal is health, work on health promoting behaviors. Don't work on these other things that are difficult and won't necessarily lead to that thing. And like another example, if you want to start a business, do it. Just start. Like, yes, it will be hard in some ways. And yes, you probably won't be an overnight success raking in millions within a month, but starting isn't actually that difficult. Again, we build it up in our heads and we see all of the things that we want it to be. So we get all overwhelmed and we don't do it. Now I've taken this approach of just starting to every single aspect of my business. And there is no way I would have been able to do that before I had food and body freedom. Like I would have just got so stuck in my head and talked myself out of it. So when I started, I just put stuff out there. I just did the marketing activities, even when I felt like nobody was responding to them. I wanted to start a podcast. So I just bought a microphone, started recording, put it on the internet. I wanted to host an event. So I just booked a venue and I just did it. There were a billion excuses I could have made not to do those things. And I could have just let fear get in the way. But the confidence that I've built within myself has taught me that I can just do the thing and go for it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, that's okay. Like I'm secure in who I am as a person. So it's not going to get to me too much. And this is something that came up in a client coaching session the other week too. My client has wanted to start exercising for a long time, but she always talked herself out of it. She's just joined a gym and she's loving what she's doing so much. And she said that it feels different this time because she's just started. Like she's not putting the pressure on herself about how often she has to go. She's not getting in her head with logistics about what to do with her kids and She's not letting anything get in her way. She said something which I put on my Instagram stories and I got such a massive response to it. She said, basically, for me at the moment, and I'm totally paraphrasing this because it's off the top of my head, but she said that for herself, a judgment of a good workout now is literally just that I did a workout because that was the only goal. The only goal was to move her body. So a good workout doesn't need to hit the criteria of being like 60 minutes long minimum, sweaty, burning X amount of calories. Like, no, it's just about showing up when that's the only goal, then you achieve it and you feel amazing. And that's what classifies as a good worker. And I love it. And I freaking love seeing my clients have these realizations too. Now, the next change that nobody's talking about is that I'm far less judgmental of other people. 
And obviously there's way less judgment of myself too, but I think that's to be expected. Like we realize that once we stop battling with our bodies and with food, we're probably going to be nicer to ourselves. We'll show ourselves more compassion and we'll stop beating ourselves up so often. So there's going to be less judgment there. Like that one, sure. People are talking about that one, but what about other people? What about judging other people? That's something that nobody seems to be talking about. And like, maybe it's because none of us like admitting that we've ever been judgmental because it's not exactly a nice trait. Like we all want to think that the rest of the world is super judgy, but not us. We're lovely. We want everyone to go out and live their best lives and whatever way suits them. And we don't even care, except we kind of do. Kind of do. We scroll through, you know, that girl from high school's Instagram who we were always a bit jealous of and make judgy comments in our head about what she's wearing or how she's acting or the type of photo she's taking. We see someone walking down the street in a particular outfit think, oh God, that's not flattering. We gossip and we say things to our friends like, mm, I don't want to be mean, but, and then proceed to say something mean about someone else. And I'm putting my hand up here. I'm saying that I've done all of those things. And I mean, most of the judgment that I did was in my head because I was ashamed of it and I knew that it wasn't a nice quality, but it was still there. It was still an automatic thing that would happen. And not that long ago, I realized that I actually just don't judge other people anymore. Like it's incredibly rare for me to have an automatic judgmental thought. And if I do, my conscious brain interrupts and it's like, ah, hang on a second. We don't think like that. So I actively change the thought to a kind one. And that's not even a big process or one that I have to pay much attention to. It's really automatic for me now to halt any of those judgmental thoughts in their tracks and just change them to a kinder thought. Now, when I reflected on this, I put it down to the fact that I stopped comparing myself to other people. And that's a huge part of finding food and body freedom. You're not constantly comparing yourself to others anymore, which is something that happens a lot when you're unhappy in your body. You're either comparing yourself to them and finding yourself coming up short which makes you feel worse about yourself, or you're comparing yourself to them to make yourself feel better, which actually also makes you feel shit in the long run, because that's not a nice thing to do either. And we, we all know that. So getting out of the comparison trap is one of the big changes and shifts in food and body freedom, which I think is spoken about plenty. We all know that, you know, we're going to compare ourselves to others less once we're feeling secure in ourselves, but the flow and effect to not judging others anymore is one that I've never heard mentioned before. So it blew my mind when I realized how much that has changed for me. It's just another change that makes you feel like a better human overall. And like, don't we all want that out of life? It feels yuck to judge others. Hence the reason why I kept most of my judgments to myself. So like removing that negative emotion feels damn good. Just interrupting this episode to let you know about a little freebie that can be all yours today. If you're someone who wants to improve your relationship with food, but feels like the siren call of chocolate, lollies, or some other sugary snack always seems to get in your way, this is for you. My five steps to stop snacking on sugar in 15 minutes or less guide gives you a simple five-step process to work through every time you feel like reaching for the sugary snacks so that you can break the cycle of always choosing the foods that your brain wants, but maybe aren't the best for fueling your body. Head to the link in the show notes to download it now, 100% for free. Another change from finding food and body freedom that makes you a better human is being less self-absorbed. Now, I think that when we're struggling, we're very focused on me, me, me. 
Like we're stuck in our heads about how hard our lives are and how everyone else on the planet seems to be able to effortlessly have this wonderful relationship with food and everyone else on the planet can have a great body and be confident and happy in themselves, but not me. For me, it's hard. For me, I have to work so hard at these things and I can just never live that easy life like everybody else. And we don't do this consciously, but it's how we feel. At least that's definitely how I felt personally. And this isn't blaming anyone who feels that way or saying that you're selfish if you're struggling with your body or with food, like far from it. But I do think it's like a bit of an automatic self-preservation thing to go inwards and like really focus on ourselves. And we get so stuck in our heads doing it. So once I found food and body freedom, I found it a lot easier to see other people's perspectives without them needing to explain it to me and to actually understand that everyone is going through some shit. (laughs) It's not all about me. And a client put this to me perfectly in a session recently where she said that she's now actually noticing and realizing that there are all of these other people in the world who have lives and problems and goals and habits and things that they do every single day. And noticing this instead of being stuck in her own head and focusing on herself has given her the understanding that if all of these other people can be out here doing all of these things, then she's just one decision away from doing those things too. And that's tying back to what I said before about things not actually being that hard. Now, another part of this is coming from removing the self-objectification. So self-objectification is when you're observing your body from the outside rather than feeling in. I'm going to give you some examples. This could look like you being at lunch with a friend and you're, you know, think you're sitting there thinking about holding in your stomach or worrying about how your body looks in sitting in the chair to the people behind you. Or maybe you're at the gym lifting weights, but you get distracted looking in the mirror, noticing the way your top gets stuck in your tummy rolls, or, you know, you're wondering if the person on the machine behind you is thinking about how big your thighs are when you bend over to deadlift. Or maybe it's when you're in bed with your partner, feeling self-conscious or detached because you're thinking about the way your body looks instead of being present and connecting with them. It's basically where like you're an observer of yourself instead of just being yourself. So all of these examples and any other times that we're practicing self-objectification, it's pretty (laughs) self-absorbed. Like you're not present in the moment with the other person and truly giving them the attention that they deserve because you're thinking about what you look like and focusing on yourself. So once you find food and body freedom and you stop that self-objectification, you're a lot more focused on the people around you and just so much less self-absorbed. The next way it changes your life is you realize that you deserve more. So like I said before, once you've found that food and body freedom and you've stopped struggling all the time, you've got so much more energy, more mental capacity and time. And when we're struggling, we're devoting all of our attention to that. And it feels like this big, gigantic thing that we need to focus on 24-7. But once that's gone, it's like your eyes are open to the other areas of your life that might need some attention. So I see this a lot with my one-on-one clients. We get towards the end of our time together and they realize that there's actually a bunch of stuff in their relationship that needs to be addressed. Like they might realize that they're the one taking on the entire household load without enough input from their partner, but they always just accepted it because they didn't really deep down feel worthy of help. They might realize that their needs aren't being addressed or fulfilled because they haven't had the confidence to communicate them previously. They might notice that their partner gets plenty of me time to play golf with his friends or, you know, play a video game at night, but they haven't got any me time available to them because they just haven't felt like they could prioritize that. 
And it's not just in relationships, it's in life in general as well. I've had clients finish working with me and realizing that they actually want to start their own business because they've now got the confidence that they can do something like that. I've had clients become absolute queens of boundaries and stop people pleasing because now they know their worth. And there are so many different ways that I've seen this show up in my clients and I see it in my own life too. And again, this is coming down to a lot of that mindset stuff that we have to do to find that food and body freedom. And it's applicable to so many parts of life. Like I can prioritize my own needs now. I can say no when that is what feels best for me. I don't have to slog out 60 hour work weeks if that doesn't feel aligned anymore. I can chase my dreams and I can dream big because I truly believe that I'm capable of doing whatever I want to do. I deserve whatever I'm focused on. And it comes down to worthiness. I think it comes down to worthiness. Like I think that's a huge thing that comes along with food and body freedom, that understanding that you are worthy of anything simply because you're existing. And the last change that nobody is talking about is that you will always have that voice in your head but your relationship with it will shift. And when I say the voice in your head, I'm not talking about like something that's going to get you committed. I'm talking about the inner bitch, the inner mean girl, the inner dialogue that's always picking you apart or criticizing you or telling you that you don't know enough. Like it can also be that inner diet culture voice as well that keeps whispering things about, you know, what you're eating or how your body looks. Now, a big part of marketing in this space that I work in is talking about getting rid of that inner bitch voice. Like I've got a module in the confidence code, my online program called banish the inner bitch, because nobody wants that voice in our heads. (laughs) Like we hate how much it affects us. We all want to get rid of it to banish it. So, you know, that's what me and others in this space can help you to do. But people aren't talking about the fact that it never truly disappears. It's something that I address in the program, but I just haven't really seen other people talking about it openly. So that voice is always going to be there in some capacity. It'll probably be a heck of a lot less than it was when you were struggling with your body or with food, but it'll still pop up occasionally. So I had an example of the diet culture voice popping up a while ago when I was listening to a podcast and someone mentioned that blinking and fidgeting burns calories. So my diet culture voice popped up in my head and was like, oh, so if I just fidget and blink keeps when I'm working, that could contribute to me losing some weight. Firstly, no, not really. And secondly, that's not how I think anymore. So like, why does that voice still pop up? Does that mean that I haven't actually found food and body freedom? No, 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 no. So I had years of conditioning to think like that. Like, of course it still comes up. But the way that I react to it has changed entirely. So in the past, I believed that voice. I trusted it and I assumed that all of the mean stuff that it said about me was true. I would let it affect me and I'd let it send me into these deep spirals of shame and guilt and anxiety and negativity and all that fun stuff. But now I don't listen to that voice. I might notice it pop up and think, oh, hey, that's interesting that I just had that thought, which is what happened with the blinking and fidgeting voice. Like I had a bit of a laugh to myself at how dumb that was. Or I might hear it and just not buy into it, not believe it, not let it affect me, know that it's actually not true It's not how I think, so I don't need to respond. It's like getting one of those annoying pop-ups on a website. I don't want it. I'm not interested in it. I can choose whether or not to read it and engage with it, or I can just close the pop-up and never think about it again. So in the beginning, when I was still working on food and body freedom, this was a process I had to go through really intentionally. Like I had to consciously change my thoughts and replace them with nice new ones 
instead of listening to that inner bitch. But now it just happens automatically and I don't really even notice that I'm doing it. I can really only think of some specific examples of when it's happened, like that one I just mentioned, generally because they've got some, you know, extra silly element to them. That's why they're memorable for me. But the rest of the time, they just disappear and I've moved on and I've forgotten about them. So yes, you'll probably always have that voice there, but you won't need to listen to it or engage with it and it won't bother you. And that, that is a bloody great change if you ask me. So that is it. That is the six ways that food and body freedom changed your life that nobody's really talking about. So I hope you found them interesting. I hope maybe that can give you a few little realizations like it did me, I swear. And these things, there are so many more that I could mention here. These things just keep popping up. And that's, I think, one of the things that I find really interesting about the work that I do is we find it easy to measure progress when we're in diet culture. We find it really easy to be like, oh, I've lost X amount of weight or like, yeah, you can like tangibly see the results, I suppose. But this work, this work on food and body freedom, most of the time we can't. So it can feel because there's no finish line, it can feel really difficult to judge when you're in it. Oh, I am doing better. You're like, oh yeah, I know things are a bit better, but like, am I there yet? Like, is this it? It's not like this. Yeah. This big finish line that you reach and you get this gigantic transformation and that can feel hard, but it's when you look back and you start like gathering the evidence of all the little ways things have changed, all the things that have changed in your day-to-day life. And then you put them all together and it's like, holy shit, this is this huge transformation, this huge shift. Like who I am as a person has just changed entirely. And that's incredible. So that's why I think an episode like this is good because I can tell you about some of those little kind of shifts that aren't so little. They lead to huge change and such a big, yeah, such a big shift in your life really. So I hope you liked that. I hope you found that interesting and come and tell me, come and share with me which of those either you want, like you're keen for, maybe you're experiencing yourself now, maybe you're noticing you're being less judgmental or less self-absorbed or, oh, come and tell me, come and talk to me about it. DM me on Instagram, inspire underscore underscore wellness, or leave a review and share it with everyone. Share about how this episode and this podcast in general has helped you. I would love to hear. And now I'm going to go off, get ready for my party on the weekend, and I will see you next week for the next episode.